Welcome to The Realist Uncensored, where we're bringing you real fucking issues with real fucking opinions. I'm Checkers, and over there, as always, is MJ. What's going on, everybody listening on your favorite podcast directory, YouTube and Rumble? All right, today is Friday, and if you're a listener, you know that means this is a Realist Weekly wrap-up, and boy, do we got a wrap-up for you. Fucking, <laughs> it's insane. It's insane. It's like, um... I don't know. News keeps dropping, but a lot of these articles, a lot of people probably haven't even seen or heard about because of all the 79 Trump indictments. Yeah. Yep. And then when, once those fall off, you know, the, the aliens will be back again. Yeah, probably. <laughs> all right. We'll get right into it. All right. Uh, we got, we got a lot to cover here. Yeah, we do. So my first one's from Breibart, New York City health official, illegal immigration, bringing tuberculosis, polio to New York. That's fucking great. Uh, New York City Health Commissioner Ashwin Vassin announced that illegal immigration has been ushering a new wave of tuberculosis and polio to the city. In a citywide letter to physicians and healthcare administrations last week, Vassin said that more than 50,000 illegal immigrants have come to New York City since last year caused a spike in contagious diseases like tuberculosis and polio. And rape. And, oh, wait, no, sorry, I, that was me. <laughs> Many people who recently arrived in New York City have lived in or traveled through countries with high rates of TB, he wrote, as reported by the New York Post. Tuberculosis can be cured with antibiotics and generally takes six to nine months to fully recover. God damn. Those antibiotics aren't that good, are they? Damn. According to the Post, the city's TB rate is now more than double the national rate with 6.1 cases per 100,000. Close to 9 out of 10, which is 88% of these TB cases, are born outside the United States, it noted. Every neighborhood in the city has at least has had at least one case. Commissioner Vassin's letter called on New York to pull out of all stops providing migrant health care, food, and legal services, the Post continued. Immigrants who... Lawfully apply for a visa, must undergo health screenings and show they are vaccinated and refugees are screened for TB before entering the United States. No, you shouldn't be doing any of that shit. You should be sending those people either back to their countries or to Ukraine, like you suggest. <laughs> and that way there, we don't tie up the health care. There's food that we could be you know, giving to people that are actual citizens of this country that are uh, starving on the streets. And legal services, like it, all of that should be for the American citizen first, and that's it. You want to come through legally and become a U.S. citizen, then you would fall under this. Otherwise, get the fuck out of the country. I'm sick and tired of this shit. Well, it's funny, um, an article dropped uh, yesterday, I don't know if you saw it, COVID cases up 55% in New York. Doctors warn for new variants. <laughs> it's probably but it's probably all these illegals bringing in all this shit yeah probably even, probably though, even, even though you get a 99.9 percent survival rate yeah yeah but covid's bad yeah but that's why but, every, everybody that's vaccinated or triple vax is dying that that uh that goes on that article goes on a little bit you can check it out um I just wanted to bring it up because, you know, this is just another another thing where we shouldn't have these illegal immigrants in the country. Stop shipping them around the country and ship them out of the country. Yes. That's it. Okay. My next article is from 
TCD. New study reveals a major issue with meat that most people aren't aware of. The science is actually quite clear. So, according to a new study, most people aren't fully aware of just how much animal agriculture contributes to the Earth's rising temperatures in New Statesman report. The New Statements reported. Oh, okay. Um, what happened? Uh, an organization pushing for less polluting and more eco-friendly food production recently set up a survey for more than 7,000 adults across Germany, Brazil, France, U.S., and the U.K. Out of the people polled by the organization, very few knew much about the meat industry. The U.S. held the highest percentage of people who said they know lots about industrial meat production at only 8% of the population. Only 31% of the people in the U.S. and 26 in the U.K. were very convinced or extremely convinced about the issue. And only 17% of the participants worldwide accurately ranked industrial meat as a leading cause of higher global temperature. Is... is <laughs> This is what we're going with now? Yeah. Because well, I swear, I swear you've told me that the ozone layer is closed. Like, the hole that was there was closing. No, it's closed. Oh, it's closed. Yeah. And I've talked to somebody else who knows somebody that works up in the Arctic, and the fucking ice is freezing faster than they can keep up with it. Like, because, you know, they're, they're drilling up there, and they can't even fucking drill quick enough, because as soon as they're fucking drilling, it's fucking... Freezing again. Yeah, it just goes along with what, um, wherever the fucking that, that guy's name is. I forget his name, but he's, you know, he's all, all about the, the climate and everything and everything that he says about the climate. He's like, oh, in 10 years, this is going to happen. And it doesn't happen. But they keep believing this fucking guy. Yeah. So they, they, this goes on, you know, explaining what happened. And then it has like, why does it matter? And then the solution is, um, we'll wrap it up with that. More media coverage of research would go a long way to increasingly public awareness. According to the New Statesman, fewer than 450 out of 992,000 surveyed environment articles mentioned animal agriculture as a contributor to rising global temperatures. Meanwhile, individuals and households can save money and the environment by skipping meat sometimes and choosing cheaper plant-based proteins uh, like beans and soy in the near future. Lab-grown meat may even be an option. But all this is proving to me is they're trying to put this out here so they can tell you, hey, don't eat meat. Right. Anything they can do to get you to stop eating meat right now. Yeah. Yep, because it will be weaker, like you've said. But... My next one is from Brybar. Seven illegal aliens among 19 arrested for child sex crimes in Florida County. Here we go again. Uh, seven illegal aliens are among 19 men arrested for allegedly committing sex crimes, uh, child sex crimes in Bay County, Florida. This week, the Federal Bureau of Investigation announced the results of a nationwide sting called Operation Cross Country 8, which saw 126 suspects accused of child sex abuse and human trafficking, either identified or arrested, as well as 68 suspects accused of trafficking. As part of the operation, 19 men were arrested in Bay County. According to Fox News, Adam Shaw and Bill Mulligan, seven of those men are illegal aliens. 
and they list their names and ages. I'm not going to go through it, but it's basically they're 18 to 37 years old, so it's pretty wide range. One of the illegal aliens re- arrived on a B-2 tourist visa but failed to depart in 2021 as a part of the terms of the visa. Likewise, another one of the illegal air- aliens arrived on a J-1 exchange visitor visa but also overstayed after failing to leave the United States in 2021. 14 of the 19 men arrested in Bay County are accused of traveling to engage in sexual activities with a minor, while five are accused of possession of child pornography. The operation ultimately located 200 sex trafficking victims, including 59 children. The operation took place in a two-week period in July. Sex traffickers exploit and endanger some of the most vulnerable members of our society and cause the victims unimaginable harm. Attorney General Merrick Garland said in a statement, this operation, which located 59 actively missing children, builds on the tremendous work of the FBI has undertaken over many years to rescue uh, minor victims and arrest those responsible for these unspeakable crimes. And you guys are not doing tremendous work because we don't hear about this enough. That network is so huge you should be hauling in people by the fucking thousands. And I don't mean victims. I mean the abusers and, and sex traffickers. Yeah. So you're not doing enough. That's a fucking drop in the bucket. And you're just trying to pump yourself up to keep yourself fucking paid because we want you guys gone. <laughs> but that'll do it for that article. All right. My next one's from uh, Breibart. Uh, Democrats push 1,000%. Tax, excise tax on AR-15s. <laughs> That's price gouging. So, so they 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 can't ban them, but now they're going to try to fucking tax you on them. I mean, and it's like, why why not? Because not, none of the Americans are going to have a fucking problem with that. Because they're going to be like, oh, I get to keep my AR-15. I'm just going to have to pay a tax. Yep, yep. But you know, our uh, founding fathers fucking uh, got pissed off about being taxed. A very small percentage compared to what we're being taxed right now. And we're just walking around like, oh, yeah, this is no big deal. Yep, whatever. House Democrats introduced legislation Friday that would place a 1,000% excise tax on AR-15s and other firearms they refer to as assault weapons. Aw, man. Fox News reported the tax would also apply to high-capacity magazines. Um, Rep. Don, Don Beyer a Democrat and 24 other Democrats are behind the tax, which they also pushed last year. The imposition, uh, uh, the position would, uh, force the price of a $500 firearm to jump to $5,000 and a weapon that normally costs 2000 would force customers to pay 20,000. <laughs> That's fucked. The push for the new taxes on AR-15s and other firearms was put forward one day after Democrats sent a letter to House Speaker Ke- Kevin McCarthy urging him to allow votes on gun control. Breibart noted the letter to McCarthy came from the House uh, recessed earlier without taking up any gun control. The Hill <clears throat> pointed out the letter, we are disappointed that Republican leadership canceled votes in July with so many pressing issues facing the country, foremost amongst the gun violence and crisis that is leading uh, cause of death of children in America. 
Yeah, we do have a fucking huge problem, okay? And it's not the fucking firearm. It's the fucking criminals using them. You have fucking criminals running rampant in fucking all kinds of fucking cities, and then they're not being arrested. Just like in California. I don't know if you've seen the videos. Now you can't be prosecuted or even arrested if you steal under $1,000. So people are running into Gucci, Nike, all these high-end fucking stores with trash bags, loading them the fuck up and running out. Nobody can do anything about it. (laughs) Want me to hold the door for you? (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, you got that going on, but you guys, all you stupid fucking Democrats are like, oh, we got a gun problem, okay? What's going to happen when the guns are away? We did an article last week. A dude stabbed his fucking wife, what, 150 times with a pair of scissors? Yep. Yep. There's still shit out there. A criminal's going to be a fucking criminal, you stupid Democrats. And the thing is, all you Democrats that want to fucking support this shit and you're so fucking brainwashed by them, you guys are going to find out if the fucking firearms are taken, you guys are going to be fucking locked away with everybody else. It's not because you guys were outspoken that all of a sudden you guys, oh yeah, we get a free pass. No, they don't like you either. You're just a useless fucking idiot in their, in their whole scheme. That's going to wrap that up. All right, my next one's from Trending Politics News. White House pushed Facebook to promote liberal news sites and shun conservatives. No way. Memo reveals. Wow. I looked over at the camera and it wasn't even there. (laughs) I forgot. (laughs) Because YouTube (laughs) is not going to like this one. The House Judiciary Committee received a host of... Well, YouTube's owned by Google, not Facebook. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. But they're they're not gonna like all the fucking shit you you've said about COVID already. <laughs> I know, right? You know, no, there's no free speech or anything. Um, the House uh, Judiciary Committee received a host of subpoenaed materials documenting the correspondence between the White House and Facebook. Among these materials were memos that showed the White House was pressuring the social media to change the algorithms to promote media outlets. With the White House approved at the Explicit expense of outlets that the White House disapproved of. The ostensible reason for this request was to discourage and spread, uh, discourage the spread of misinformation. One memo dated April 14, 2021, shows the White House digital recorder Rob Flaherty requesting that Facebook change the algorithm so that people were more likely to see NYT, WSJ, and, all, and any authorities, oh no, authoritative news source over Daily Wire, Tommy Lauren, polarizing people. You wouldn't have a mechanism to check that material impact. Mr. Flaherty uh, prefaced his request by saying, we have to explain to President Ron people why there is misinfo on the internet. Bigger problem than FB. Where issues are, what interventions are, how well they are working. For products, want to engage in things that you know to be effective. I don't care. I don't even care about specific methodology. You have better, richer data than we'll ever have. What are the, what are the things driving COVID-19 vaccine? Hesitancy on your platform. What is it? How big is the problem? When are you interviewing, intervening? How are you measuring success? Jesus Christ. This guy can't write a fucking sentence for the life of him. The meeting reveals that Flaherty mentioned that uh, candidly, there is not a lot of trust towards Facebook and that the White House wanted to know if they could get rely on the platform to find things that are effective and that you aren't doing. 
to discourage vaccine hesitancy. And I wonder why. I want to be able to track you people or kill you off, <laughs> which, it, which is working. Yeah. I mean, it's fucking sad. Um, a Facebook employee is cited on, in the notes as responding in terms of interventions. Know that there are groups that are hotspots, mandatory post approvals, and admin, admins have to approve posts. If violating contact is approved, give the group a strike. I'm uncovering new examples on comments. Public figures on comments might be contributing more. Tommy Lauren posted on how she's not getting the vaccine, even with comment reduction, still struggling. If we reduce comments from public figures, Tommy Lauren makes a post. And this this goes on and on, but, it, you know, this just shows it. Pff, the fucking government's trying to fucking control everything. And the, and the fucking, uh, the narratives. And I remember seeing a video where this, this lady was sitting up in front of all the press, rolls up her sleeve. Someone comes over to give her the jab. Yeah. Presses the needle to her arm. Yeah. Doesn't put it in her arm and there's nothing in there. And, and she just presses real quick yeah. and to show that she got the vaccine when you could clearly see that she didn't actually get anything, but that'll do it for that article. Okay, my next one is from Breibart. Surprise, uh, Iris Scanning ID System WorldCoin says governments, companies can use its database. Here we go. WorldCoin, the new cryptocurrency project that aims to create a global ID system tied to people's unique biometric data by scanning everyone's irises. Um says its ID system will be open to governments and companies around the world. The general manager for the company behind WorldCoin said, we are on this mission of building the biggest financial and identity community that we can. WorldCoin was uh, co-founded by Sam Altman, who is also the CEO of OpenAI. AI, the company behind the controversial large language uh, model, ChatGPT, the AI, AI mo uh, mogul previously stated his hopes for the technology to break capitalism by enabling, enabling the more efficient uh, allocation, of re allocation of resources. Um, distinguishing between bots and humans is rising. The importance of AI continues to change the tech industry using biometric data as uh, WorldCoin does is one potential solution. Although the challenge for the company will be overcoming privacy concerns. That's going to wrap that one up, but. Had to bring it to everybody's attention because, you know, everything that every, all these companies is trying to push is to track you. Yep, exactly. And track your thoughts and track what the hell you're doing and all this. And if you don't believe us, you can check out the World Economic Forum's website. And it will, they're, they're basically telling you what the fuck they're going to do and how they're going to do it. And then it plays out. And everybody's like, oh, I'm so shocked. And you know what? <laughs> When you go to the WEF um, website and read this shit, it's going to sound amazing because that's what they want it to sound. But it's not amazing. You're going to own nothing and like it. Yeah, because that's your duty as an American, as yeah. they say that, you know. Well, everybody in the world. Yeah. They want, they want. They oh, want that's right. The world. A, a one world government. Yep. They don't want you eating meat. They want you eating sticks and bugs. 
Because there's still protein and crickets, according to them. <laughs> All right, so my next one's from Newsmax. Ex-Capitol Police Chief called January 6 events a cover-up. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Former Capitol Police Chief Stephen Sun called the events of January 6 a cover-up in an interview with then-Fox News host Tucker Carlson in an interview that aired but resurrected by the National Pulse. Oh, that never aired. Uh, Sun made the comments on Carlson's show, Tucker Carlson today, but according to the Pulse, the interview was buried by Fox. Six feet under. (laughs) And the interview leaked by the Pulse. Sun tells Carlson he believes that the chair, that chair of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Mark Miley, and then House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, had intelligence of what was coming on January 6th, but failed to communicate it and subsequently covered it up in the aftermath because they wanted to blame Trump for it. Everything appears to be a cover-up, Sun told Carlson. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but when you look at all the information and intelligence they had, the military had, it's all watered down. I'm not getting intelligence. I'm denied any support from National Guard in advance. I'm denied National Guard while we're under attack for 71 minutes. Sun resigned, resigned uh, his post shortly after the riots. He was chief of the Capitol Police beginning in 2019 and served as a police officer for more than 30 years. At one point, Carlson begins to posit a question to Sun, saying, it sounds like they were hiding the intelligence. Sun responded, could there possibly be actually, could there possibly be actually? They kind of wanted something to happen. It's not a far stretch to begin to think that it's sad when you start putting everything together and thinking about the way that this played out, what was their end goal in a bipartisan Senate report released in June, 2021, the panel concluded that the federal agent agencies did not raise a uh, sufficient alarm concerning the threat of violence and the Capitol police's intelligence division did not adequately communicate what it knew the department's leaders and ranked and file officers. Son told Carlson that should have started at the top. If I was allowed to do my job as the chief, as the chief, we wouldn't be here. This would didn't have to happen, he said. And this is very, it's it true. Is I mean, it, it's. I mean, there's so much footage out there right now. Like, you there's armed guards. You're at the fucking Capitol, and there's barriers and this and that. And the in one video, one of the one of the cops moved the barrier open to allow the people to come through. Why yeah. would that have why would that happen? And why would you be walking them around the fucking Yeah, Capitol that fucking building? dude with yeah. the with the shit all over him. Come on. And then he's linked to fucking uh It's all it's all bullshit. And it's it's all all they're trying to do is not get Trump back into office office because they know that they're fucked if he gets in. Yep. So but that'll do it for that article. Okay, my next one's from Newsmax. Cyber attack disrupts hospitals, healthcare in five states. Wow. So perk up those ears because these five states might be one of yours. A cyber attack has disrupted hospital computer systems in several states, forcing some emergency rooms to close and ambulances to be diverted, and many primary care services remain closed on Friday as security experts work to determine the extent of the problem and resolve it. The data security incident began Thursday at facilities operated by Prospect Medical Holdings, which used in California and has hospitals and clinics there, uh, there and in Texas, Connecticut, 
Rhode Island, and Pennsylvania. Upon learning of, um, of this, we took our systems offline to protect them and launched an investigation with the help of third-party cybersecurity specialists. The company said in the statement Friday, while our investigation continues, we are focused on addressing the pressing needs of our patients as we work diligently to return to normal operations as quickly as possible. In Connecticut, the emergency departments uh, at Manchester Memorial and Rockville General Hospital were closed for much of Thursday and patients were diverted to other nearby, nearby medical centers. We have, a uh, we have a national prospect team working in evaluating the impact of, of the attack on all the organizations. Um, the chief of operating uh, operating for the Eastern Connecticut Health Network said in a statement, the FBI in Connecticut issued a statement saying it is working with law enforcement partners and victim uh, entities, but could not comment further on the ongoing investigation. You guys probably have no idea what's going on. Right. You probably don't. Um, uh Elective surgeries, outpatient appointments, blood drives, and other services were suspended. And while the emergency departments responded late Thursday, many primary care physicians were closed on Friday, according to the Eastern Connecticut Network, which runs the facilities. Patients were being contacted individually, uh, according to the network's website. Similar disruptions also were reported at other facilities system-wide. Waterbury Hospital is following downtime procedures, including the use of paper records until the situation is resolved. Uh, a spokeswoman said in a statement, um, we are working closely with IT security experts to resolve it as quickly as possible. In Pennsylvania, um, the attack affected services and facilities, including the Corser Chester Medical Center in Upland, Taylor Hospital in uh, Ridley Park, Delaware County Memorial Hospital, and Springfield Hospital in Springfield, according to the Philadelphia Inquirer. The California, in California, the company has seven hospitals in Los Angeles and Orange Counties, including two behavioral uh, health facilities and a 130-bed acute care uh, hospital in Los Angeles, according to Prospect's Website messages sent to representatives for these hospitals were not immediately returned. And that's going to wrap that up. So if you live in any of those states, I don't know what to tell you. Somebody, and that's, uh, that's, somebody that's, hacked the system, and your information might be out there. You know, because that's what that's what hospitals keep on on their their computer yep. networks is. Information, social security numbers, yeah, yeah. addresses, Wait, you, you name it. So yep. everything. And that's funny that, you know, that that hacking is happening. And, you know, we hear about hacking all the time, but yet they want us to go to a one world government and all that shit that everything's digital. So, like, yeah. what the fuck? There's, there's not going to be much confidence in that. Yeah. It, you still it, have the stupid fucks that are like, yeah, that's great, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go to 10% bonus because I signed up early. <laughs> like, ba fuck? Basically what it will be, too. Yeah. So my next one's from Newsmax. Me Mexican cartels exploit hacking of CBP app. Oh, oh shit. Oh, boy. Another hacking. What? Mexican cartels have hacked the custom and borders uh, border protection's phone app 
in an attempt to increase the number of migrants entering the U.S., the Washington Examiner reported. The result has been unlimited The result has been an unlimited number of appointments being requested by migrants from around the world. Not only that, the Mexican government is allowing any immigrant who enters the country from Guatemala to continue traveling to the U.S. border if they have obtained an appointment on the CBP-1 mobile app, the examiner reported. That's despite the Mexican government's National Immigration Institute earlier this summer ordering its immigration officials to turn away all non-Mexican citizens who do not have a cbp one app appointment, according to a document reviewed by the examiner. Cartels are taking money from any immigrant who wishes to enter Mexico. Once immigrants show up at the Guatemala, Mexico, or in the southern state of Chiapas, the INM will let them proceed. It's further evidence as this Biden administration continues to try to come up with a new security uh, paradigm along with the border that I don't think they really understand it. They don't understand the lengths and depths the cartels will go, will continue to go, said Chad Wolf, former acting Department of Homeland Security Secretary. As the administration continue, continues to put these legal pathways into place, that's music to the cartel's ears. Cartels have been selling immigrant services that provide them with the internet with an internet connection through a virtual private network or VPN one that overrides a server so that the app cannot tell if uh, if migrant is in northern Mexico. VPN services are being advertised in southern Mexico and on social media, according to a DHS intelligence document and advertisements reviewed by the examiner. Social media ads have been especially condu- conducive to recruiting Haitians, Cubans, and Hondurans, the examiner said. Josh Trevino Chief of Intelligence and Research for the Conservative Texas Public Policy Foundation think tank said the operation has benefited the Mexican government via kickbacks from cartels. The Mexican requirement is a cash cow. It's a cash grab, Trevino told the examiner. The Mexicans, they're not really partners, they're neighbors. The CBP One mobile app was launched in October 2020 and allowed non-citizens in central and northern Mexico to seek who seek to travel to the U.S. to schedule appointments, Mexico will certainly let people through if they have an appointment. They're not; they're sort of counting on that a that is a de facto transit visa. Adam Isaacson, director of defense oversight for the Progressive Immigrant Advocacy Organization, the Washington Office for Latin America, told the Examiner, "It's sabotage, and they know very well that people can't normally get appointments unless they're north of Mexico City." And that is the end of that article. And it just shows that, you know, that our government and, and basically most of, the, most of America is easily hackable. Yeah. And I don't, it doesn't matter. And they should already know with the FBI and, you know, every fucking CIA and all this shit, they have to know that they are able to do all this shit or see that they're doing it. I, I really believe that they see that they see it happening, but... It might be it might not be a credible threat to them, so they just kind of brush it off to the side. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that'll do it. My next one's from Breibart. Um, the New York communist city mayor, Eric Adams, considers opening migrant uh, camp in Central Park. Fucking idiot. So the New York communist city uh, mayor, Eric Adams, is considering a plan that would house 
thousands of border crossers and illegal aliens in migrant camp in Manhattan's iconic Central Park. Since the spring of last year, more than 95,000 border crossers and illegal aliens have arrived in the communist city, um, costing uh, local taxpayers at least $8 million every day. Uh, just, just as rents have skyrocketed, migrants are sleeping on the streets. As Adam says, there is no more room. Oh, okay. Now Adam's off, uh, office has suggested that Central Park is among more than 3,000 locations where city officials are considering setting up camps and tent cities for migrants to live. Other potential migrant camp locations include Prospect Park in Brooklyn and Randall's Island where children's uh, soccer fields may soon be shuttered so the city can house thousands of border crossers and illegal aliens in the area. Adams is also set to start moving migrants into Recreation Center in Brooklyn, Brooklyn's uh, McCarran Park, which sits between the deeply liberal neighborhoods of Williamsburg and Greenpoint. Uh, meanwhile, Adams has uh, started handing out flyers available in English and Spanish to border crossers and illegal aliens uh, not yet in New York City asking them not to travel to the sanctuary jurisdiction, citing the high cost of living, the lack of housing, and the strained public resources. <laughs> what the fuck? That New York's going to turn into Chicago, and that's not going to be a good... Children's soccer fields? Yeah. Oh, fuck. I can't wait for this to develop. develop. Nope. That's going to wrap it up. So, you know, he he has no, no fucking idea what to do. But, you know, all these cities want to brag. Oh, we're sanctuary cities. We're not, we're not going to deport you. That's when, you know what? You fucking stand up there on the podium. Listen, I was wrong. I was wrong to say, to agree to the sanctuary city thing. We didn't, I didn't realize there was going to be this massive flood of illegal immigrants. So now I am changing policy. We are not that anymore. And all these people are fucking out of here. Yeah. Because uh, New York, well, that part of New York, you know, it was struggling anyways. You just add this shit to it. But my next one is from Breibart. Maine's governor wants 75,000 more migrants for business. So they actually want immigrants for business. Maine's, uh, Maine's Democrat governor just created an office to help import 75,000 poor immigrants during the next 10 years. Then Democrats and leftists are going to be the downfall of this country. And then they want to say, oh, well, you know, everything uh, the right or, you know, you people want to talk about is straw man theory. Yeah. Oh, is it? Because if you look around, everything's coming, coming to light. Every everything's uh, everything's out there. Yep, it's all happening. People aren't stupid anymore. There's there's way too much information out there. People have gotten smarter over the years. So. Well, pe people, it's not that people are stupid. They're so fucking um, Compl brain brainwashing, compliant to this. But the problem is, they can see how fucked up it is, but they don't want to admit it to themselves or people around them that they fucked up, or even stand up for it. Yeah. Well, you know what? That's part of being a man is only when you fucked up or a woman. Yeah. Or both. Exactly. <laughs> that inflow would add roughly 
one migrant for every 10 kids in Maine's K-12 school system and approximately one migrant for every 10 people in the state's current workforce of 630,000. The desired inflow spotlights the routine bipartisan reach for short-term economic subsidies instead of the uh, productivity-boosting policies that Americans earn when they want and need to raise the next generation of Americans. My order will develop a plan for a new office to help us ensure that Maine is a fully is fully drawing on the talents and skills of those who want to live and work and contribute contribute to our great state. So what she's saying is she wants to draw on the talents and skills of sex trafficking, raping, murdering, and house invasion and stealing of these illegal immigrants that are coming in. Governor Governor Jane uh, Janet Mills announced on Tuesday, on August 2nd, as she created the office. This is a critical step for Maine's economic future as we address our workforce shortage and support our communities and businesses. The office is being applauded by a network of business-backed national advocacy groups and by local pro-migration groups that will gain in the near term as the inflow of new uh, consumers, renters, and workers hold down American wages and push up local rents. Maine's welcome policies are attracting many unskilled migrants from culturally distant countries. There were people talking about this town, Portland, where if you go there, they would help. A 35-year-old migrant from Angola told the Wall Street Journal in April. She entered the U.S. in March with her three children. All right, let let me backtrack for a second. Not every illegal migrant who comes here does all the shit that I just said, but there's a good percentage of that. And um, you, you just need to come through legally the, the right way, the right the, the process. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And then if you come through legally, you know, hey, they want some, some people up in Maine to add to the workforce. Right. Wages in Maine are already low, partly because of the massive inflow of President Joe Biden's migrant pol- uh, provides employers and investors with much cheap labor in Maine and other states. For example, investors in nearby Boston and New York face little pressure to create jobs in Maine while the White House delivers new migrants to their downtown bus stations. In 2021, the state ranked 34th in wages per person and wages are already falling, even at a major government shipyard amid high inflation, spiking house prices and rapid migration from distant countries. The state's reliance on tourism also creates seasonal swings in jobs and wages. The extra migrants will reduce pressure on companies to increase wages. Families need to raise their own kids. The nationwide pressure was described by the Wall Street Journal on August 3rd when it reported small companies in the National Federation of Independent Businesses are already are ready to expand and must raise wages to recruit workers. Seasonally adjusted, a net 38% of employers uh, reported raising compensation up two points from June's lowest reading since May 2021, a net 21% to raise compensation in the next three months, down 1% from June. But in Maine, the growing number of legal and illegal immigrants creates opportunities for employees to profit from abuse, illegal farm labor, or minimalizing investment in product uh, productivity, raising machinery. And this actually is a pretty long article, so I'll just leave it on there. Um, but here we go with the, the leftist um, fucking, I, I don't even know what to call it, not, not supporting Americans because I'm sure that there's people up there that 
that don't have jobs that can't afford this, that, and the other. And so you wouldn't have to raise wages if you would stop fucking raising the minimum wage. The minimum wage needs to be low. It's minimum. You shouldn't yeah. be able to live on it like you have said multiple times. Exactly. You need to get out there, find a fucking career. Don't think that you can go work at McDonald's flipping burgers with your blue and hair. you can buy a fucking house yeah, <laughs> with your blue, red, green, pink hair. Yeah. Fucking, it's ridiculous. But that'll do it for that article. Okay, we're going to bring it to the other side of the country with another Portland. This one's from Breibart. The high cost of crime, Oregon County loses $1 billion as residents flee lawless Portland. Residents who fled Oregon in 2020 took over $1 billion in income as they searched for a better life in other areas. The news... The news is, according to an analyst data of Internal Revenue Service, IRS, the Oregonian uh, reported Sunday. Numbers uh, gleaned, gleaned from annual income tax returns uh, provide the most detailed information available uh, on where Americans are moving and taking their money, the outlet said. Um. Meanwhile, the U.S. Census found almost 3% of Portland's population decided to leave between 2020 and 2022, the Wall Street Journal reported in June. The drop of 17,400 to 635,000 was the sixth largest decline among 50 largest cities. The article said nothing that local leaders are now desperate to keep people from moving out. In addition, Mayor Ted Wheeler, a Democrat, has come under increasing pressure to address rising violent crime and sprawling homeless encampments, the journal article stated. Portland families were reportedly packing up and moving elsewhere because the rampant rampant homelessness and crime plaguing in the area, according to the report in August 2022, reported by Breibart News. Portland experienced a massive spike in its homicide rate from 2019 to 2021, according to a 207% increase. During the same time frame, frequent Antifa riots were also occurring in the downtown area, the article said. In May, KPTV said Portland was one of the fastest shrinking U.S. cities. A reporter for the outlet noted people said data backs, backs up the fact that Portland just is not what it used to be now. One resident laminated it. Um, yeah, it's like it's like Portland died. The tourists haven't come back like they used to be, especially the Japanese, because they love this city. Oh, really? <laughs> I guess so. But no, nobody's uh, um, living in Portland except a bunch of homeless people and a bunch of criminals. Yeah, so pretty much just stay off the West Coast. Yeah, stay off the West Coast. And if you live on the West Coast, it's probably time to fucking start moving elsewhere. Exactly. So my next one is from MSN. What to know about South Africa's kill the Boer chant? I think that's how you say it, Boer. Boer, I don't know. As Elon Musk sounds alarm. A chant of a song called Kill the Boer at a political rally in South Africa over the weekend sparked pushback in both South Africa and the United States, including from South American-born billionaire Elon Musk reigniting debate about controversial decade-old song that dates back to the country's apartheid era. 
probably butchered that too. Musk has spent the past week tweeting about the video of South African political party leader Julius Malema chanting, kill the Boer. In one tweet Monday, Musk claimed the organizers were openly pushing for genocide of white people in South Africa and asked President Cyril Ramaphosa, who belongs to a different party from Malema, why do you say nothing? Musk on Friday posted a screenshot of a New York Times article that uh, cities... Oh, no, cites historians who argued the song is not meant to be taken literally, slamming the outlet for supporting calls for genocide in a surprising, if not sarcastic, turn. Musk later tweeted, the Times does punch above its weight for a a regional publication. Well done. Malama, who is black, defended the song in a press conference and attacked Musk, saying he looks like an illiterate, and the only thing that protects him is his white skin. Wow, (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) The song dates back to racially divided South Africa's apathied system of race-based segregation under white minority rule, which ended in the early 1990s. Um, It goes on and on, but, you know, this article just points out that, you know, they're trying to run that narrative through through the world of race. And the more, the more people are divided, like I've said tons of times before, the easier they are con- to control and they'll comply. Yes. But that'll do it. My next one is from Newsmax. U.S. gas prices rise again to 383. U.S. gas prices are continuing to rise, giving drivers across the country another headache at the pump. The national average of gas prices stood at about 383 a gallon Friday. About 30 cents higher than that seen one month ago, according to Motor Club AAA. While today's prices at the pump remain far lower than they were last year when energy costs soared worldwide in months following Russia's invasion of Ukraine, experts say such a jump is unusual. The rising prices are especially interesting as fewer people are fueling up. Their cars this summer compared to uh, years past. AAA spokesman Andrew Gross explained in an interview this week. In the U.S., gasoline prices are highly dependent on crude oil, which has also climbed over recent weeks. West Texas Intermediate Crude, um, the U.S. benchmark trade traded over $81 a barrel Thursday afternoon. Uh, that marks a $12 jump since July 3rd, according to OPIS, um, Global Head of Energy Analyst Tom Coloza said. Um, a few factors are causing oil prices to rise, analysts say, including impacts of this summer's extreme heat on refineries and global supply production cuts, notably from Saudi Arabia, which on Thursday extended its um, reduction of 1 million barrels a day through the end of September. Here's what you need to know. This summer's record temperatures are partly to blame for the rising gas prices. Oh, okay. While the heat may be keeping people home, it's also keeping refineries from making refined product. Gross explained nothing that refineries are typically designed to operate between 32 and 95 degrees, um, zero to 35 degrees Celsius. They don't, don't like temperature extremes because they're inherently dangerous places. So they dial back the production for safety purposes, but then uh, constrain supply. So, the article goes on explaining more about 
what's going on with the gas prices. I mean, we can all see at the gas pumps, whether it's going up or not. In my personal opinion, we're getting close to election season. So I think the Biden administration wants to um, raise those gas prices again. So then right around election time, he can lower them and be like, hey, look at this good thing I did. I lowered the gas prices. No, you didn't. Again, you didn't lower the gas prices. They went up and you lowered them. You didn't lower them to what they were when Trump left office. Still hasn't even fucking hit there. Right. So you haven't lowered the gas prices. But then again, you're going to have all these stupid fucking leftist, Democrat, blue-haired losers that just want to suck Biden's dick and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever you say there, uh, Captain, Captain Commie. (laughs) So my next one's from Breibart. Country legend Randy Travis defends Jason Aldean's Try That in a Small Town amid left's uh, racism smear. Jason's, Jason Aldean's hit song, Try That in a Small Town, has found another defender, country music legend Randy Travis, as the mainstream media news continues to smear the chart-topping song as racist. Randy Travis's, well, Randy Travis and his wife Mary expressed support for Aldean, saying in a Fox News interview that they were they agree with the song's message. You know, when we heard the song, when we saw the video, our first inclination was, we live in a small town. We feel the same way. And we want the world to feel that way because we really do protect our country, said Mary Travis, who speaks for her husband after the singer suffered a major stroke in 2013, limiting his speech abilities. Randy Travis nodded in agreement with his wife's comments, Fox News reported, so it didn't strike us as anything that he was highlighting any more than what the news media did, uh, Mary said. The couple also addressed the media's obsession with shots in the music video showing Tennessee's Maury County Courthouse located outside Nashville. The courthouse was the site of a 1927 lynching of a black man named Henry Cook Choate. As far as the particular courthouse or whatever, Mary said, any courthouse in the United States of America has been around a while. Something happened there. And so just go pick a courthouse and then identify, well, that happened there. You could go to any courthouse across the country and find something you didn't like going on there. The courthouse has served as filming a location for numerous TV shows and movies, including Hannah Montana, the movie, in 2009. Other defenders of Aldine's songs against the uh, cancel mob include Joe Rogan and fellow country singer Lee Greenwood and Cody Johnson. And that does it for that article. And it's just, it shows it's ridiculous. Uh, that song came out in May and not until what, July, was there any well, fucking well, controversy well, about all it? All the backlash just pushed it up. Like I said last week, pushed it up to number one on the Billboard charts. And that's across all music genres. It's not just the country genre. Yeah, I'm that's Billboard. About, well, no, because Billboard, I think, has just country too. I'm talking about oh. Billboard. Like what is it? Top one hundred. Top one hundred hot songs. Yeah, or something yeah, like that. yeah. Where it's all, um, it's all genres of music, and it was sitting at number one. So good job. Yeah. yeah good job canceling them. Yeah. And all, the funny all, thing is, all that all that cancel culture does is just put their product or their um, song or whatever whatever it is you're trying to cancel. It just puts it out in front of everybody, and everybody that supports it's like, oh shit, I didn't know about that. Fuck. Let me download that. Yep. Yeah, or let me buy that. And like, like I told you, I think I think it was last week. I saw that country on that same list where Aldine's up at the top, number two and number three overall, all genres. It went one, two, three was country music. 
So they only brought country music into the spotlight. So, but that'll do it for that. All right. My next one's from Newsmax. Big Pharma's big tax dodge. What? What do you mean? The six biggest U.S. pharmaceutical companies reported $215 billion in domestic sales in 2022, but only about 3% of their global pro- profit in taxes, far below the average of corporate tax at 21%, Business Insider reports. Big Pharma succeeds at getting away with this by stiffening, uh, uh, shifting profits and patents aboard, which uh, undeniably is permitted in the IRS tax code. The Caribbean, the Caribbean and Europe, the Caribbean and Europe are two of their favorite no-tax offshore destinations. Of the eight biggest U.S. pharmaceuticals, um, only one, uh, Gilead, reports a majority of the income in the U.S. The remaining seven paid IRS two billion on an eight hundred eight billion global profit in 2022. Take just two pharmaceutical companies as case studies. Senator Ron Wyden, Democrat of uh, Oregon, investigated maker of the um, drug Humira and found it booked 99% of its 2020 2020 profit outside the United States and 20 in 2022 even reported 5 billion loss in U S operations. Um, so basically this just goes on about the companies and their income and what they paid in taxes. But I mean, are you really shocked? The pharmaceutical companies are one of the, the, uh, areas of this, um, country that is, uh, running what's going on here they yeah. they back who they want in uh politics with their finances because they got them and those uh politicians scratch their back by uh making sure shit like this gets taken care of right so my next one is from public discourse the transgender movement house of cards is falling a growing number of doctors, patients, and whistleblowers are beginning to question the medical establishment's recommendations for children with gender dysphoria. This week, the American Academy of pa- Pediatrics is holding an annual, its annual leadership conference at its headquarters in Itasca, Illinois. Uh, one issue that won't be on the formal agenda but will be on the minds of many members is how to treat gender dysphoria in children. AAP, along with most of America's Medical establishment endorses the approach of the World Professional Association of Transgender Health. The tra- this transgen- transgender advocacy group recommends that doctors irre- irreversibly alter a children's physical appearance to appear as a different gender through hormones and surgeries. But two ge- transgender identifying doctors in WPATH caution that teenage patients are receiving sloppy care. And there is distant AAP's own ranking ranks as to the legitimacy of this practice. As many countries around the world turn to safer, non-invasive, watchful, watchful waiting and psychotherapy to treat gender-confused kids instead of defaulting to hormones and surgery, America is rapidly becoming an outlier. Now forming patients known as detransitioners with the support of whistleblowers are filing medical malpractice lawsuits and testifying in support of legitimacy legislative limits on administrating these experimental procedures to children. 
The architects of pediatric gender transition have built their arguments on flimsy evidence and the reputation of prestigious groups instead of objective sound silence. The House of Cards is starting to collapse. And this is a very long article, so I'll encourage you guys to go look at it. But it is nice to see that, you know, these these um, the transgender movement is having a little uh, little stumbling block here. And people are coming to the realization that they shouldn't be, you know, fucking cutting up these kids yeah. and giving them fucking medical castrations. Like, that's fucked up. That'll do it. Okay, my next one is from Breibart. Big investors decide ESG is a underperforming fad. And if you don't know what ESG is or you want more of an explanation, we just did an episode, uh, actually an unwrap on it, and that was released on Wednesday. So just go check out that and you'll understand what ESG is. Big investors increasingly see environment, social, and governance, ESG investing as an underperforming fad. Bloomberg conducted its latest industry survey of its terminal clients, which generally include big banks, hedge funds, and other financial institutions. Um, the survey found that uh, about 90% of 116 Bloomberg terminal clients who are directly engaged with ESG expect the investment sector to underperform compared to the market benchmarks in 2024, and 55% of those involved in ESG also believe it will underperform. 69% of those not involved believe that it is, that it is nothing more than a fad with only 18% believing it will become more essential in business markets and which is business markets which is down 25% from the last Bloomberg survey. So ESG has morphed from risk management to political activism for the left, one uh, respondent said. Another Bloomberg terminal client said, our job is to to provide um, returns for investors, not change uh, the world. Approximately two-thirds of those surveyed say the uh, political backlash against ESG will force firms to stop using the term as they continue to advance environmental and social goals. In June, BlackRock CEO Larry Fink said he no longer uses ESG. Um, It has become politicized. House uh, Republicans and financial service committees had a series of hearings in July in which they targeted the secretaries and exchange commission, the the SEC efforts to enforce more disclosure requirements relating to ESG. They also called for more strict oversight and proxy advisors. Despite the backlash against ESG, 43% of those surveyed said that they are scaling back their investments in fossil fuels and 21% are planning to do so. Bloomberg reported another theme that emerged for uh, for the survey was called to separate, um, separate the E- S and the G as they don't belong uh, together as a group. They're totally different and unrelated issues. The majority agree that the responsibility of the financial firms is more important than ESG. So it sounds like it's uh, pretty much um, falling apart because everybody's seeing with the ESG. I mean, one of them being Transheiser Bush and Bud Light. Yep which we'll get into a little uh, later. We're not going to spoil all that fun. <laughs> but um, 
basically that's what it is. Or like target, you know, they're having to do, they're having to do these things that probably they don't want to do, but they need it to get, um, funding from these financial firms, right? Like BlackRock or Vanguard. And right. That's where it is. So on to your one. Next one. My next article is from the Epic Times. It's political bullshit. Pretty much. <laughs> All right. My next article is from the Epic Times. New evidence suggests Myrna COVID-19 vaccine transmission of aerosols by vaccinated to unvaccinated. Kind of crazy. New evidence suggests vaccinated individuals can transmit antibodies generated through mRNA COVID-19 vaccination or unvaccinated individuals or to unvaccinated individuals through aerosols, according to a peer-reviewed study published by Immunohorizons. Extended mask requirements allowed scientists at the University of Colorado to evaluate, evaluate whether Vaccinated individuals could transfer aerosolized antibodies generated from COVID-19 vaccines. Aerosols are manufactured or naturally occurring suspension of particles or droplets in the air, such as airborne dust, mist, fumes, or smoke that can be absorbed by the skin or inhaled. Researchers used a combination of tests to detect SARS-CoV-2 specific antibodies from masks, vaccinated lab members who wore and donated anonymously at the end of the day. Antibodies are proteins produced by the immune system that circulate in the blood and neutralize foreign substances such as bacteria and viruses. Consistent with the results reported by others, the researchers identified both immunoglobin G and immunoglobin A antibodies in the saliva in vaccinated individuals and their mask. Based on their observations, the reachers hypothesized droplets or aerosolized antibody transfer might occur between individuals similar to how droplets and, and aerosolized viral particles are transferred by the same route. They tested their uh, hypothesis, and this, this thing is really long. Really long. <laughs> so if you guys go go check that out, um, it's a pretty interesting read. Um, they actually dive into how everything how everything is going over there. But just another thing with COVID nineteen, they're trying to push COVID nineteen, even though, like everybody said, you have a ninety nine point nine percent rate of survival. So that's going to do it for that article so the next the next one's from epic health risk of stroke skyrockets with covid19 infection after vaccine because covid19 vaccines load the body with the genetic code for the thrombinetic uh, thrombinetic and lethal wuhan spike protein who's those who take a vaccine are vulnerable to a catastrophe if they get infected with SARS-CoV-2 after, ha after having recently taken one of the shots. I don't know what the fuck that is. Nahab ET.AL from Emory University, University and analyzed a statewide database of COVID-19 vaccine recipients. Approximately 5 million adult Georgians 
received the, at least one COVID-19 vaccine between December 2020 and March 2022. 54% received Pfizer, 41% received Moderna, Moderna and 5% received Johnson & Johnson. Those with current uh, concurrent COVID-19 infections within 21 days post-vaccination had an increased risk of ischemic and hemorrhagic stroke. Wow, that's weird. This analysis shows many of the great dangers present uh, present in rapid vaccine development and with, with rollout without su- uh, sufficient data, safety, and monitoring. Stroke is a devastating outcome, and it appears that a large number of debilitating cases could have been avoided if the COVID-19 vaccines were taken off the market in January 2021 for excessive mortality. The patients in this study would have been spared stroke and disability, but didn't go along with the narrative of what they wanted to do was the excess excessive mortality with that. So yeah, it just went, it just went along with their shit. So got another one that goes along with that. It is from childrensdefense.org. Increase in miscarriages, stillbirths linked to COVID shots data show. <clears throat> A major increase in spontaneous hmm. abortion among pregnant women was directly linked to the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccine in Switzerland, according to a new analysis by statistician and Luzerne University professor, Dr. Konstantin Beck. Beck, a former advisor to the German Minister of Health and the Swiss Parliament, analyzed publicly available Swiss and German data from scientific publications, health insurance companies, and the Swiss Federal Office of Statistics. He found that marriages and stillbirths rates in 2022 corresponded directly to COVID-19 vaccination among pregnant women in Switzerland nine months earlier. He, he and he had said vaccine makers and public health officials either knew or could have stopped uh, known this information at the time if they cared to look. Instead, they presented the information to the public in a way that obscured the risks. Because, again, they wanted to kill off people and they succeeded. Back presented his groundbreaking. Well, they killed off people, and they don't want um, new people coming into into the world because obviously this is causing stillbirths and all that now. But why do you think they're um, pushing the whole trans thing on kids because they want to sterilize the youth, right? So then, when it becomes th- their time to um, have kids, guess what? There's no competition. I don't know, I guess, I guess if that's the way you want to word it. <laughs> but that, that just shows another, another negative thing with uh, COVID-19, which is kind of fucked up that, you know, every, this is, this shit is actually going on. I keep saying that, um, it's like a, it's like a scientific movie, uh, science, uh, science, uh, sci-fi movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I got another one that goes along with COVID-19 from Slay News, 90, 92% of COVID deaths in 2022 were triple vaxxed. Triple vaxxed. Plus vaxxed. Okay, plus. I, for, I forgot, you know, LGBTQ plus and I. Yeah. You know, new, uh, new well, official. Well, no, because some people are more than triple vaxxed because there's other. other really? Yeah, yeah. What the fuck? That, no, it didn't stop at three because there was other ones that came out later oh, on. Jesus Christ. 
Uh, new official figures have been published that reveal the overwhelming number of people who died from COVID-19, COVID-19 had received three or more shots of Myrna vaccine um, or mRNA vaccine for the virus. The UK government quietly released the official figures for COVID uh, deaths in 2022. The data reveals that the triple plus vaxxed pe- uh, population accounted for 92% of the COVID-19 deaths throughout the entirety of 2022. The figures also show that nine in every 10 deaths in England over the past few years had received three or more of the shots. On the 21st of February, 2023, the Office for National Statistics, a UK government agency, quietly published data on deaths and vaccination status in England up to the 31st of December of 2022. And that, that's the end of that article. But that's pretty, pretty fucked up. And here they are, you know, just killing people off and people are like, yeah, Jab me again. <laughs> I want to be protected. But, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's fucked. I got another one that goes along with that from the Epic Times. A growing number of leprosy cases reported after COVID-19 vaccination. Didn't you bring up to me, like, uh, there's a certain part of the country or something with leprosy issues right now? Yeah, uh, I forget. I forget where it was, but they had a leprosy outbreak. Yeah. Oh, I think it was Florida. Nah, probably probably fucking Florida. <laughs> Goes on to say a growing number of leprosy cases are being reported after COVID nineteen vaccination cases in the United Kingdom that researchers that may have been caused by the vaccine. The researchers examined records of the leprosy clinic at the hospital of for tropical diseases in London. They found that of the 52 people who went to the clinic in 2021, at least 49 were vaccinated. The studies, the study definition of a leprosy ad- adverse event associated with the COVID-19 vaccine included developing leprosy or a leprosy reaction within the 12 weeks of receiving a dose in the person having no previous le- history of leprosy or leprosy reaction. Two people met the case definition. One developed borderline t- tuberculosis or BT leprosy, one week after our second dose. The other experienced a re- uh, reaction 56 days after a dose. Both doses were Pfizer, the Pfizer vaccine. Pfizer did not respond to a request for comment. The development of BT leprosy and a type 1 reaction in another individual shortly after a dose of Pfizer's vaccine may be associated with vaccine-mediated medi- uh, T-cell responses, the re- researcher said. The COVID-19 vaccines can provoke a response from white blood cells or T-cells. The, C- the cells are believed to protect against COVID-19. Um, well, that's just fucked up. They're just, you know, just shows with all these articles that they're, they're literally trying to kill us off. And it's, it's just pretty fucked up. It is pretty fucked. And it's pretty fucked up that these people are falling for it, too. But that'll do it for the, for the COVID section of this podcast (laughs) okay my next article is from the daily mail journalism professor claims children should be exposed to adult genitalia to prepare them for seeing naked trans people in locker rooms and shocking jab at swimmer riley gaines a university professor 
uh, has claimed kids should be exposed to adult genitalia to prepare them for the possibility of seeing naked trans people in a shocking jab at Riley Gaines. Journalism professor Dr. Uh, Katya... Uh, it doesn't really matter what the fucking name is. No. She belongs in a mental institution. Yep. Had made the comment in, in a Twitter post she shared criticizing swimmer and women's right advocate Riley Gaines. She went on to say that uh, she uh, teaches at the University of British Columbia had and had been tweeted in a video of Gaines explaining the effects of having to compete against trans transgender swimmer Leah Thomas. Okay. In a lengthy response to that video in which um, she blasted Gaines, she also tweeted, hey, want to know one of all-time excellent parenting ideas? Let little children see penises and vaginas of various ages and sizes in a casual, normalized, totally safe way. That's not a good parenting idea. No, that's fucking grooming. She looks like a fucking transsexual too. Fucking piece of shit. Um, then this goes on with the video that she tweeted, all that stuff. So it's probably just going to go on about what was said on Twitter. But um, this this is what's going on in this world that... Yeah, fucking people think. Um, and you, you know the other thing is she th- this fucking retard. Um, that's the professor probably doesn't even want kids. She's probably for the you know in for the sterilization of kids too. Yeah, exactly. So it's gonna wrap that one up. Uh, it was just a quick little mention that you know there's still uh, plenty of fuck ups in this world. Oh, talking about fuck ups real quick. I saw earlier today, um, Taylor Swift invited fucking dick swinging Dylan Mulvaney to uh, one of her concerts. No way. Like backstage. Really? Must be Taylor's new man. <laughs> wow. I, I've been saying for a long time, I think Taylor Swift's a piece of shit. So what's she going to come out and say that uh, um, mutilating and... Um, Pretty much dissecting kids is the the new thing. She's gonna write a song about it. Probably she, it'll, she gonna it'll write be a, a hit she too. gonna write a song how Dylan broke up with her. <laughs> he went back to being a man. <laughs> Can you fucking believe that? Oh Jesus! All right, so my next article is from Briar. <laughs> Biden to ask for another Ukraine package. Ukraine aid package north of $10 billion. So just giving them more money, you know. President Joe Biden will soon ask Congress for a Ukraine aid package that could exceed $10 billion, a report released Tuesday found. Punch Bowl News reported that Ukraine aid battle will resume when Congress returns from recess. An in, in incoming request, which should be north of $10 billion, follows as Ukraine continues its slow-moving counteroffensive against uh, against Russia and America and other NATO countries have pledged to support Ukraine. 
The Army's acquisition chief told reporters on Monday that the Department of Defense was working on a funding package for lawmakers to consider. The package would be used to replenish American weapons stockpiles, which have been depleting after providing munitions to Ukraine's protracted conflict with Russia. The United States has provided more than $110 billion in aid to Ukraine, even as voters go sour on the prospect of even more taxpayer dollars being spent to aid the Kyiv regime. And they shouldn't be. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy said he has said that any additional Ukraine funding should have to go through regular order or the appropriations process and not a supplement pe- supplemental package. 70 House Rep- Republicans voted to cut off funding for Ukraine in July, making the expected Ukraine aid battle highly contentious. And, you know, the, the, the article goes on and on. But, um, yeah, we need to cut off the shit with Ukraine. We need to get the fuck out of there. We need that money for our fucking selves. Like, you know what I mean? It doesn't make any fucking sense why we're going to keep funding somebody else's war that we have nothing to do with. I mean, we could give them some illegal immigrants. I'm for that. Come on, man. Nah, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it for that article. Okay. Um, do, 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 do. <laughs> My my next article is from Fox News. The judge rules in favor of seven Massachusetts state troopers who lost their job for refusing to get the COVID-19 vaccine. Hell yeah. That's what we need right there. Good job on these uh, seven state troopers uh, for drawing the line in the sand. And their lawyers for actually fighting it. And You just want to fucking talk? Jeez, yes. I wasn't even... Good job, guys. You know, in I don't know, might have been women. So, um, is uh, but uh, good job. You held your line. Held your line there. That's what we need. Seven state troopers who were previously sus- uh, suspended due to the COVID nineteen vaccine mandate have prevailed in a legal battle with the Massachusetts government government and will be reinstated to their jobs, according to the police uh, state police union in Massachusetts. The news release from the State Police Association of Massachusetts, an independent arbiter, arbiter found uh, that state police violated the troopers' rights to anti-discrimination and affirmative action. Uh, the association said uh, that now uh, former Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker and Department of State Police did not give troopers reasonable accommodations to their sincerely held religious beliefs. Uh, the new, the news follows a long fought, uh, legal battle with Massachusetts government after Baker signed an executive order requiring all executive branch employees to provide proof of vaccination by October, 2021 or face disciplinary action, including possible termination, uh, 11 Massachusetts state, uh, troopers and one Sergeant were fired in April, 2022 over their refusal to get the vaccine following the arbiters. Arbiters, uh, arbitrators ruling on Friday, seven state troopers will be reinstated and awarded their full seniority rights and benefits minus any interim earnings and or unemployment compensation, according to the union news release. Association President Patrick uh, 
McNamer called Governor Baker's executive order an attack on organized labor and the rights of our members. Earlier today, I had a decent, uh, had the distinct honor and privilege of informing seven of our troopers who have been suspended without pay due to the executive order 595 that they would be returning to work. This fight began in October 2021 when association, uh, the association filed a grievance on behalf of um, Mc, McNamer said since then, the association has been committed to making these members whole, uh, through the lengthy and grueling grievance and arbitration process. The association has remained steadfast in the fight, uh, to the rights of the injustice of Baker's administration. Uh, McNamer said, said that Governor Baker refused to listen to, uh, to listen or work with the association, saying that the administration trampled on the um, fire troopers' religious convictions. Well, I'm not really surprised because fucking they, they were doing that all over the place. Right. And then, um, you know, there's another article that came out with this. Um, Basically summing up the same thing that Fox News said, but you know, if you want to check this one out because you're you don't believe Fox News gives uh real news, that you can go to Boston.com and they have the same story. I just want to give that a quick mention because you know there are some CNN listeners out there that'll say, "Oh, Fox News is uh, fake news." So I don't think that's any of our listeners, but you know, never know. Yeah, some, you never know. Some, some might just jump no, on we're, here. We're, like, we're just all straw man theory, you know, on this show. Yeah. According to some people. But, hey, this is what it is. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. Exactly. Very true. It's probably some blue-haired fuck that says that about us. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so my next one is from RSB Network. Speaker McCarthy gives ex- uh, excellent response when asked about 2020 election fraud. Speaker, uh, Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy gave a thoughtful response to a reporter recently when asked about President Donald Trump's claims that the 2020 presidential election was stolen. He explained, in America, you are entitled to raise a question. You're entitled to question whether it was honest or not. That's the uniqueness of the First Amendment. That's the uniqueness of America. But you know what? You shouldn't be prosecuted for your thoughts. He also noted that there was a double standard between how Democrats like Hillary Clinton and Al Gore were treated when they questioned presidential election results as opposed to how Trump, President Trump has been treated. McCarthy stated, I can say the same thing that Hillary Clinton says in her election when she, when she lost. I can say the same thing about the DNC who said it about the 2016 race. I can say the same thing about the, those in the Democratic Party from the leadership on down about George Bush winning that Al Gore did. Were any of them prosecuted? But were any of them put in jail? The answer is no. He later added in the difference here is when Hillary Clinton said it, nothing happened to her. When they said it in Georgia's election, nothing happened to them either. You know what? When the DNC said it, nothing happened to them either. So stop using government to go after people who politically disagree with you. That is wrong and should stop now. President Trump was arraigned for a third time this year this year last week when he faced four federal charges in washington dc in retaliation to the jan 6 2021 the president has 
previously said that the 2020 presidential election was a horror show that facilitated one of the greatest criminal acts ever. And he is absolutely true. I do think that there was some election interference. I do think that um, ballots were falsely, uh, you know, put in. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that uh, it was it was stolen. And that uh, Trump is the real president. <laughs> but that'll do it. Do you think it. that? I do. Wow. <laughs> that's that's going to do it for that article. My next one's from Brybar. Police and Democrat run Oakland urge residents to use air horns if targeted by criminals. Nice. <laughs> Crime has risen to the point where police are not only advising the purchase of air horns, but also the placement of security bars on doors and windows. CNN noted. Oh, so this is this is a real article. They quoted CNN. Oh, oh, oh. All right, here we go. Here we go. <clears throat> Break-ins in the city are up 41% and robberies by more than 20%. Um. Oakland resident Tony Bird indicated that she followed the advice of police and now has three air horns. Bird said the types of crime that we're, we're seeing feel much more violent and the consequences feel much more severe. And it feels like people that are being targeted are people that are vulnerable. Well, you're even more vulnerable with your air horn. You might as well just get a rape whistle. Um, on Sunday, July 3rd, 2023, a 75-year-old Oakland woman was home alone and armed with one, one, uh, with more than one air horn. Then two alleged armed intruders entered her home. The woman ha- also had a 357 Magnum revolver, <laughs> <laughs> which she used to fire one shot at the alleged intruders, KT. KTVU reported the alleged intruders fired multiple shots and then fled the scene. The woman was not injured and her daughter described her as superwoman. And that's going to wrap that one up. So if you live in Oakland, get yourself an air horn because I guarantee you can't have a firearm, but the criminals can. And you know what? This is Oakland, California with the strictest gun laws. Well, right now, I mean, Massachusetts is trying to change that, but yeah, California's got the strictest gun laws. So how did these two intruders that broke into this lady's house have firearms? I got them from Mexico from the illegal immigrants. Okay. That's one. (laughs) I mean, that's one way. I mean, yeah, you can go across state lines and fucking illegally obtain them anywhere. When I first saw this article, the only thing I could think of is they're going to see someone doing a criminal act. They're going to be like, toot, toot. (laughs) And then they're just, the criminals are going to turn right around and look right at you. Yeah. And you're going to go. Oh, shit. <laughs> I fucked up. At this moment, he knew he fucked up. So, I mean, it, it's, it, it's fucking dumb. And, that, that, and what, what's that going to do? They're, they're probably understaffed uh, anyways. I can't see that. I, I really can't see the cops even caring about their job out there because their hands are tied with so much shit, and there's so much shit going on. That shouldn't be going on because of the way California's run and Oakland's run. All aboard! 
Thank you, fellas. All aboard the Trump train. Here we go. This first article on President Trump is from Breibart. Trump uh, vows revenge for pros- prosecutorial harassment. In 2024, it'll be our turn. Former President Donald Trump on Thursday spelled out his plan for revenge over the targeted harassment toward him at the hands of President Biden's Justice Department warning. In 2024, it will be our turn. Look, it's not my fault that my political opponent in the Democratic Party, Crooked Joe Biden, has told his attorney general to change the leading, by far, Republican nominee and former president of the United States, me, with many crimes, as can be concocted, so that it's forced to spend large amounts of time and money to defend myself. Trump said in his prior, <laughs> prior to his arraignment in Washington, D.C. on Thursday. Trump asserted that Democrats would not be targeting him with this unprecedented weaponization of justice if they wanted to run against him as some claim. But soon, in 2024, it'll be our turn, Trump war- warned, suggesting retribution in the future. MAGA! <laughs> Indeed, President Biden has long wanted his DOJ to target Trump, particularly for what transpired in January 6, 2021 at the U.S. Capitol. At an April 2022 piece in the New York Times details these desires, demonstrating how Biden hoped Attorney General Merrick Garland would be more aggressive in targeting Trump over January 6. The Times reported that Biden had confided to his inner circle and he believed former President Donald Trump was a threat to democracy and should be prosecuted according to two people familiar with his comments. And this article goes on. Um, but I think that's, I think that's a, little, a little fucked up because he's literally saying about himself, about Trump. So the next one we have here is from the conservative brief. Dershowitz, that Jack Smith could be indicted Indicted if Trump wins case against him. Longtime Harvard Law professor Alan Dershowitz dropped a bombshell during an interview on Wednesday to discuss special counsel Jack Smith's growing case against President, former President Donald Trump. The interview on, on Fox Business Network came a day after Jack Smith filed four felony charges against Trump related to the January 6, 2021 riot at the U.S. Capitol building. Trump was charged late Tuesday with four counts, willful retention of national defense information, conspiracy to obstruct justice, and false statements. False statements. According to the Daily Mail, those charges bring a maximum of 55 years in prison, which would effectively be a life sentence for the 76-year-old former president. Previously, Smith charged Trump with 40 counts over allegations related to his possession of classified documents, which... As president, he said he declassified prior to leaving office. And nobody's talking about what Obama has. Nobody's talking about what Biden has. They just, they found them. They were like, yep, we found some. Okay, oh, oh, moving on. In the, in the 25 locations that Biden has all these documents. Yeah, why are, they, why are they spread out like that? If you have classified documents or even sensitive documents that you had to declassify, they should be in one central location and not fucking all over the place not next to your corvette (laughs) but that's 
that's secure. That's a secure they, place. They, you know what? They um, they should start going after everybody that's uh, throwing these indictments at Trump because all it is is it's interference on the, you know, they're trying to get him locked up. So it is political interference. And then the next one that's going to be coming up is uh, what? That one with uh, that stupid bitch out of Georgia. What? There, she's she's lining up to get. Oh yeah, yeah. Get, she's trying the, to get the something AG going too. Is trying to get something going too. And if she fa- fails it, this indictment, she should fucking be gone after, and she should be thrown in jail. Yep, exactly. So I got another one to go on. I'll go along with that from the conservative brief. Judge Cannon deals huge blow to special counsel Jack Smith. Uh oh, he lost. <laughs> <laughs> Judge Aileen Cannon of the Southern District of Florida invalidated two of Special Counsel Jack Smith's sealed filings on Thursday. Kyle Cheney, a senior legal correspondent for Politico, wrote uh, via X, formerly Twitter, Judge Cannon comes out swinging at Special Counsel this morning, striking two of prosecutors' sealed filings and demanding an explanation for the legal propriety of of using an out-of-state out-of-district grand jury proceeding to continue to investigate the Doc's case. Judge Cannon, a Trump appointee, wrote that special counsel, counsel uh, states in conclusory terms, terms in the supplement should be sealed from public view to, imp- Toyams. to comport with grand jury uh, secrecy. But the motion for leaving and the supplement plainly failed to satisfy the burden of establishing a sufficient legal or factual basis warrant to uh, sealing the motion and supplement. She then denied the motion by the prosecution. Among among other topics as raised in the motion, the response shall address the legal propriety of using an out-of-district grand jury proceeding to continue to investigate and or seek post-indictment hearings on matters pertinent to the instant indicted matter in this district she wrote adding that the prosecution to respond to these and other items by uh, august 22nd which is good i'm i'm glad that they're not having you know like this clean fucking smooth sailing thing that they're it's actually showing that their shit is is fucking dumb yeah and hopefully hopefully that's uh oh there'll be there the there, no there'll be more coming we're still, we're still, uh, still got a few months left in 2023, and then they're gonna realize shit. We don't, we don't have them locked up. We're gonna have to keep pushing us, right? And all they're doing is they're they're pissing him off more. And what's gonna happen when he gets voted in, right? Because the American people, they they don't see it. The American people have had enough. Yeah, you know whether 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 Democrats want to admit it or not, they've had enough too. They 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 know they fucked up voting him in. Yeah, the the the. The good, I'll say the good Democrats, they're fed up with the the extreme leftist yeah. bullshit and the transgender movement that they're behind and all that and all that shit. But that's going to conclude our ride on the Trump train. <laughs> Are you laughing? This is funny. Oh, you think the Trump train's funny? I do. It's a real thing. It's a movement. I know. You're just laughing at all those people? No, I'm laughing with them. Okay. <laughs> my 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 next uh, article is from Breitbart. I got a few that go along with this. Uh, Three thousand plus U.S. sailors and Marines reach Red Sea as Biden's Middle East buildup continues. Um, 
the reinforcements were carried aboard the USS uh, Batten and the USS Carter Hall warships, providing greater flexible and uh, maritime capability to the 5th Fleet, the statement seen by the AFP added. Uh, the arrival followed a U.S. announcement last month. Uh, it would deploy a destroyer F-35 and F-16 uh, warplanes along with amphibious readiness group, marine, uh, marine, marine unit, and the uh, marine unit to the Middle East to Dieter, Iran, and seizing ships in the Gulf. The U.S. military uh, says Iran has either seized or attempted to take control of nearly 20 international flagships in the region over the past two years, and the pedophile Biden White House wants to see more forces in the region to stand ready to engage Iran if required, as Breibart News reported. Um, the USS uh, Baden is an amphibious assault ship which uh, can carry fixed-wing and rot rotary aircraft as well, well as landing craft. The USS Carter Hall is a dock landing ship, transports Marines, their gear, uh, and lands their, them ashore. These units add sp uh, significant operational flexibility and capability as we work to um, uh, establish activity and de-escalate regional tensions caused by Iran's harassment and seizures of merchant vessels. Fifth Fleet Spokesman Commander Tim Hawkins told the AFP. The deployment comes after Washington said its forces blocked two attempts by Iran to seize commercial tankers in international waters off Oman on July 5th. About, about a fifth of the world's crude oil and oil products pass through the Strait of Hormoz, a narrow choke point between Iran and Oman. So we got a military over in the Red Sea now uh, doing, handling fucking shit that, uh, you know, that area should be handling. And then we'll bring it over to, you know, some other waters, U.S. warships responded to China, Chinese, and Russian patrols near Alaska. The United States Navy has sent four warships and a reconnaissance airplanes uh, since the discovery that Russian and Chinese navies conducted a joint naval uh, patrol near Alaska last week. Oh, did they? Hmm. According to experts uh, who spoke to Wall Street Journal, the combined naval patrol by Russia and China is the largest patrol of its kind to ever approach American territory. Brent uh, Sadler, a retired Navy captain and senior research of Heritage Foundation, said the actions by the Russians and Chinese were historical first. He also explained that due to the war in Ukraine, the high tensions between U.S. China, U.S. and China such actions are highly provocative. The United States Northern Command released a statement in which they re, uh, confirmed the Naval Patrol and that Marine Time assets conducted operations to maintain the security of the U United States and Canada. Even though the command did not specify the number of Chinese and Russian war vessels, 
that were in the area or the exact location of where the patrol happened. Senators in Alaska confirmed that the patrol uh, consisted of 11 total vessels. They also confirmed that the patrol had taken place in, uh, near the Aleutian Islands. However, the spokesperson for the Chinese embassy, Lupingu, said that the Chinese and Russian uh, navies had conducted joint uh, maritime patrols in re uh, relevant waters, and the patrols were not targeted at anyone in particular. Oh, okay. Senator Dan Sullivan, Republican, Alaska, said that the latest operation by the Chinese and Russians are yet another reminder of the new era of um, authoritarian aggression from the two nations. Yeah. And then we got this weak ass pedophile that is sitting in, um, you know, the highest, highest, uh, rank ranking, uh, area of power in this country. And he does nothing about it. He also compared the recent patrol, uh, to, in uh, to to the summer 2022, when summer uh, seven Chinese and Russian ships conducted similar patrols in the same area. Hmm, I wonder why. According to the U.S. intelligence report, Russia and China's um, uh, Russia and China's allied relationship have grown significantly since the conflict in Ukraine, beginning in 2022. So I'm going to bring it over to this next one from Newsmax as Pence blasts Biden over report of Russia, China fleet spotted off Alaska coast. Mike Pence lashed out Monday at President Biden after calling uh, after chilling Wall Street Journal report revealed a combined Russian and Chinese naval force had last uh, last week patrolled the Alaskan coast just outside U.S. territorial waters. The fleet, the largest such uh, fleet to approach American shores was made up of 11 Russian and Chinese ships and was showed by four U, um, shadowed by four U.S. destroyers in a P-8 Poseidon aircraft, the journal reported. The former vice president in the Trump administration, now 2024 GOP presidential contender, blamed the incident on Biden's weak leadership. Under pedophile Biden, Russia and China threatened to conquer their neighbors and their new access now is operating together off the American coast. China and Russia in their No Limits partnership now conducts joint blue water naval operations off American coast in the Arctic North, Pence wrote on X, yes. the social platform formerly known as Twitter. Tweet, tweet. <laughs> <laughs> No limit soldier. <laughs> so, so he, you know, he goes on and blasts Biden for just being a piece of shit and, um, you know, basically making this country look weak because this is the second time this has happened where Chinese and Russian warships are off the coast of Alaska. And granted, yeah, maybe they're not in U.S. waters or North American waters because there are, you know, international yeah. waters out there and um but maybe they were getting close to that border on the you know the imaginary line in the waters yeah it wouldn't be the first time yeah so that that's something that should be uh um brought to everybody's attention because you know everybody wants to say when world war three starts when world war three starts 
motherfucker, we're already in World War Three. <laughs> Very true. Very true. All right, so my next one is from Fox News. J6 committee failed to preserve records, has no data on Capitol Hill security f- failures, GOP charges. First on Fox, the House Select Committee that investigated the Capitol Hill riot on January 6, 2021, failed to adequately preserve documents, data, and video depositions, including communications it had with the Biden White House that are still missing, according to a Republican lawmaker overseeing the GOP investigation into the committee's work. The now disbanded, quote-unquote, J6 committee, which was run by Democrats and included only two GOP members, has also failed to provide any evidence that it looked into Capitol Hill security failures on the day of the riot. Rep. Barry Loudermilk of Georgia, (laughs) chairman of the subcommittee and oversight for the Committee of on House Administration on Fox News, told Fox News Digital. Loudermilk said that uh, his staff had has had difficulty gathering the information it needed to investigate Rep. Benny Thompson's handling of the Jason's investigation. Part of our task is as the oversight committee subcommittee is to actually address the security failures. Look into how it how did it happen? How were these folks able to get it get into the Capitol? Well, you see, if you watch the the video that we've all seen, the Capitol police officer just takes the little barrier, moves it on over, and says, "Come on, guys." All right, one, two, three, four, five. Okay, hold on. <laughs> That's how, how they got in. But uh, Laudermick said, he said the documents they uh, obtained came over in boxes and was completely unorganized. How rude. Nothing was indexed. There were no tables of context, contents indexed. Usually when you conduct this level of investigation, you use a database system and everything is digitalized, indexed. We got nothing like that. We just got raw data, he said. So it took us a long time to go through it. And one thing I started realizing is we don't have anything much of all from the blue team. (laughs) The blue team, as described by Loudermilk, represents the group within the J6 committee that was directed to investigate security failures at the Capitol. Loudermilk explained that sources have told him that the blue team was essentially shut down by by the committee in order to focus on placing the blame on... President Trump. It says former President Trump, but it's President Trump. We've got a lot of depositions. We've got a lot of subpoenas. We've got a lot of videos and other documents provided through subpoenas by individuals, but we're not seeing anything from the blue team as far as reports on the investigation. They did looking into the actual breach itself, he said. What we realized, we don't have, we didn't have what we didn't have was the videos of all the depositions, Laudermilk said. Loudermilk said he had been contacted by a defense attorney that needed access to key information in one of the video depositions, and the committee realized it did not have the videos he was seeking. And this this goes on. It shows the deposition, and it's actually a pretty long article. But, yeah, it just shows, you know, that they're still trying to cover up uh, January 6th because uh, it was... It was the blue team <laughs> that set this whole thing up. But that'll do it for that article. Okay, my next article is from Newsmax. And if you don't believe we're in World War III, here's some more information that proves, hey, we probably are. Uh-oh. Belarus begins military drills near Poland. Belarus started military exercises near its border with Poland in 
Lithuania on Monday as tensions rise between the two NATO countries over Russia-linked Wagner mercenaries that moved to Belarus after a short rebellion in Russia. (coughs) Belarus. Both Lithuania and Poland have increased border security since thousands of fighters from Wagner uh, arrived in Belarus and um, an ally of Russia under a deal that ended their armed mutiny early this summer and allowed them along with their leader, um, along with the Belarus leader to avoid uh, criminal charges. Polish and Lithuanian leaders have said that they uh, are braced for uh, braced for provocations from both Moscow and Minska in the area where both uh, nations border Belarus and Russia, um, a heavily uh, militarized area on the Baltic Sea with no land connection to Russia. The leaders say this after the Belarusian helicopters were accused of flying low altitude briefly into Polish airspace, an allegation Belarus denies. Belarusian defense minister stated that the drills are based on experiences from the special military operation, which is the term Russia uses for the war against uh, Ukraine. Belarus said it said that it includes the use of drones as well as close interaction of tank and uh, motorized rifle units um, with units uh of other branches of the armed forces. The war games took place in Belarus, um, Grodno region near the Su- uh, Suwaki Gap, a stretch of uh, land running approximately six miles along the Polish-Lithuanian border. The gap links the Baltic states of uh, Latvia and Estonia, with the rest of NATO and separates Belarus from Kiliangard. Um Western Western military analysts uh, worry the, that Russia may attempt to seize the gap to cut the three Baltic cities from Poland and other NATO countries and see the gap as a potential flashpoint area in any fighting between Russia and NATO. Belarus military has admitted that it is actively using Russian mercenaries to train troops. The military exercises... Um, began as more Wagner fighters reportedly arrived in the country. The mercenaries um, arrived in small groups daily. So things are escalating in the waters in the Red Seas, the waters outside the Alaskan border, and now along the border near Lithuania and Poland, while Belarus does uh, war exercises. But we're not in World War Three. Everybody's like, hey, man, when, when World War Three kicks off, this is what I'm going to do. Well, you should be doing that already, you dumb fuck. Hey. We're in World War Three because look at it this way. Okay. There was shit going on in World War Two. The World War Two started when fucking Germany invaded Poland. That was going on for years. Everybody in the United States was like, hey, nothing's going on with us. That, that's over the, over at the other side. We didn't get involved till Pearl Harbor. So just because we're not directly involved, which Biden just keeps sending all our shit over there. So I feel like we are directly involved because everybody's using our fucking, um, like, our supplies. So Yeah, our equipment, money, ammunition. 
bunch of shit. Not using our money. It's just being laundered over there. Sent back yeah, to, that's that. That is sent true. back to the Biden crime family. Right. Fucking guys. What? Like 80 something years old. Fucking give it up. Go. Fuck. <laughs> what the fuck? You're talking about that. What about um, <clears throat> Diane Feinstein? 90. Fucking give it up. Right. Or Mitch McConnell. Give it up. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly why we need term limits and and age caps. But my next article is from Newsmax. Biden jokes. I know something about being past prime. Oh, see, even he knows. Yeah, he knows he's fucking dumb. (laughs) President Joe Biden joked Monday that he had something in common with Houston Astros World Series champion manager Dusty Baker, which is 74. He's 74 being called past prime. Dusty it wasn't easy. People counted out, uh, counted you out, saying you're past your prime, Biden joked at the White House. Hell, I know something about that. Biden and the crowd laughed at the joke. I don't understand why they're laughing at the joke. If he's, he, if he's admitting that he's past his prime, then he shouldn't be up being, being the fucking president of what's supposed to be the free world, which it's not. The Astros visited the White House as baseball's defending champions have been haven't beaten the Philadelphia Phillies in a six-game World Series uh, last fall. Biden also joked that he is a Phillies fan by marriage because First Lady Jill Biden is a Philadelphia fan. Biden is the former senator in Delaware, but he also has Eastern Pennsylvania roots. He's a Phillies fan by marriage, you said? Yes. He's everything by everything. Yeah, he is. He went, he, he's, uh, he's part black because he went to... Um, He's he uh, uh, worshipped in a black church. He's part Puerto Rican because he grew up in a Puerto Rican neighborhood. He's part Polish because um, he was apparently in a Polish neighborhood growing up. Um, the list goes on. He's a, he's everything. I thought you were gonna say he thought he thought he was in the Holocaust. <laughs> he probably does. He probably does. He probably thinks he was in the slave trade too. Probably. I remember coming over from Africa. <laughs> 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 that's that's gonna do it for that article. Okay, my next article is um, from OAN. Got one that goes with this too because it's a little bit of an update. But we'll start with the first one. OAN Colorado raises gun buying age to twenty one. So we got a war about to break. Well, not a war about to break out because we are in World War Three. But we got um, things escalating in waters near the American border. But Colorado is worried about fucking changing the buying age from 18 to 21, but you can get drafted or join the military at the age of 18. And guess what? You can hold a firearm. Yep. So a new call, a Colorado law will raise the legal gun buying age from 18 to 21 years of age on Monday. The new law SB 23 dash one, six, nine is part of the collection of new gun reform laws that were approved and signed by governor Jared, uh, Polis, uh, Democrat of Colorado in the spring. The law will go into effect statewide on Monday, which happened with the only uh, expectations being active members of the United States military, which makes no sense or peace officers. The people who have uh, been certified by the peace officer standards and training board, the sponsors of the new law clarified that this was not meant to criminalize legal gun owners, but to protect the young people of the state. The state majority house leader, Monica 
Duran, uh, Democrat of Colorado, said that this law is the result of increased domestic violence. Guess what? There's still going to be domestic violence. Doesn't matter if you can have a gun at 18, 21, 52, 75. If there's somebody wants to do a crime, they're going to do a crime, whether it's domestic violence, robbery, aggravated assault. There's plenty of, you, you can do domestic violence with your fucking hands. Exactly. Gun rights uh, groups throughout the state have filed lawsuits against governor, the governor's office and the state has a result of new series of laws being passed. Rocky mountain gun owner, uh, gun owners, have also filed a lawsuit as well as temporary restraining order to try to prevent the law from going into effect. The group argued that the law is unconstitutional and that uh, if a person under 21 can be drafted to the military and put their life on the line for the country, they should be able to buy a gun. Exactly what I was fucking saying. Exactly what I was saying. I agree 100%. Absolutely. And you heard me say that before that was even said. And I don't read this article beforehand, like we've talked about. This well, you, is, you have said it before in other podcasts, uh, yeah. too. So, yeah. gun, gun shops and ranges across the state will uh, most likely see a decrease in sales and profits. However, some say they are more worried about the people's ability to defend themselves. Um, I agree because, you know, fucking all that shit from California is going to start getting old in California and start spreading other states. The DCF uh, gun owner state um, manager, Kevin Day, spoke on Fox 21 and said that the best thing we can do moving forward is continue to educate the public. Stay informed, receive, uh, and, um, uh, you know, receive training on this stuff, you know, before you uh, start running your mouth like it's a bad thing. But like I said uh, earlier in this show, you know, they're, they're so worried about getting rid of the firearms. And, you know, once the firearms are gone... You're going to see what happened to Australia happen here. And it's probably going to go further because all you fucking people that are all outspoken about, oh, we need, we need guns taken off the streets and we need legal gun owners not to own guns. Well, if we don't own any guns, guess what happens? We're all going to be fucking uh, putting camps or locked in our houses or martial law, or there's going to be this type of fucking lockdown, that fucking type of lockdown. And guess what? You aren't going to get some free pass because you think you're outspoken about this. If anything, you're probably going to get shot in the head because they're probably like, hey, you know what? We don't need you. You're not a strong individual. You didn't fucking stand up for anything. You just fell right in line. We don't need that. Exactly. Got a whole fucking country that does that. Okay. And the next one that goes with this is the Associated Press. Judge Block's Law raising age to buy a gun to 21. Uh, the federal judge has blocked Colorado from enforcing a new law raising the age to purchase a gun from 18 to 21. U.S. District Judge Philip uh, Brimmer issued a primary, uh, primary, uh, preliminary injunction Monday following the legal challenge by gun rights group. In a ruling that frequently uh, referenced the U.S. Supreme Court ruling that the ruling that expanded Second Amendment rights last year. He concluded the lawsuit brought by Rocky uh, Mountain gun owners would likely succeed and the state uh, barred the state from enforcing the law until uh, the case is resolved. The law was one of four gun control bills signed by Democratic Governor 
Jared Polis in April following the lead of other states trying to confront the surge of violent crime and mass shootings. Well, you want to fucking stop the, the surge of violent crime and mass shootings? Fucking arrest the people that are doing the fucking crimes and then prosecute them. Don't put them out back out on the streets because fucking your funded DA or uh, lawyers or uh, attorney generals that are funded by George Soros want them all back on the streets. Fucking prosecute those fucking people. Hit those people with fucking indictments. And um, you want to stop mass shootings? Well, fucking deal with the mental uh, illness that's going on in this country. People have severe mental illness problems and that's being pushed aside. And if anybody's got uh, mental illness or is thinking about suicide, you can dial uh, 988. And uh, there's somebody on that, that into that line, 24 hours, seven days a week. That's willing to talk to you. But getting back to this article, mass shootings, most of your mass shootings are being fucking carried out by non-binary transsexual fucks. You don't see straight white male or male or females doing it or straight black um, males or females. And most of your fucking violent crime is black on black in fucking the cities. But nobody wants to talk about that. Nope. Nobody wants to talk about how the black on black crimes are the fucking ones that are heightening all the fucking gun violence uh, statistics. Yeah. Fucked. Last year's Supreme Court decision in New York case changed the test, uh, changed a test lower courts that used for evaluating challenges in gun laws, threatening to uh, upend firearms restrictions across the country. Um, Colorado's law effectively sought to prevent those uh, between 18 and 20 from buying rifles and shotguns. A federal law already prevents licensed firearm dealers from selling handguns to those at 21, but the ban would also be challenged in light Supreme Court decision. Um, the spokesperson for Polis, Connor Cahill, called the difference in age limits a difference type uh, for a different type of guns a loophole. The governor is working towards the, his goal of making Colorado one of the 10 safest states in the country, and the same age requirements for pistols and rifles would help support the responsibility responsible gun owner uh, gun ownership, he said. In a statement, Rocky Mountain Gun Owners Executive Director Taylor Rhodes said the group warned Colorado lawmakers uh, the effort would be stuck, uh, struck down in court. Today, our crystal ball became a reality, but it doesn't stop here. We won't stop fighting until every single unconstitutional anti-gun law is struck down, Rhodes said. So, we do have a, list, a few listeners in Colorado and you guys should start reading, reaching out to your representatives like the listeners in Massachusetts, I hope are. And you know what? If you're from another uh, state in this country, you should be reaching out to these reps as well uh, in Colorado. Right. This shit needs to fucking stop. They need to see what the real problem is in this country. And a lot of the fucking violence in this country is in the inner cities, which are running rampant. People are moving out in droves. We did an article earlier about fucking Portland, Oregon, Oregon. Everybody's fucking leaving because of the uh, lawless society going on there. And in another Democratic run fucking state and city. But let's not talk about that. And let's not talk about how most of the crimes are black on black. No, I can't. Be, he can't do that. No, <laughs> can't. Can't talk about that. It's you know, ridiculous. It, it's ridiculous. 
Yeah, it is. And that that's what the problem is, but nobody wants to talk about it. They want to talk about the legal gun owners. Oh, it's it's their fault this is happening. You don't you don't see any legal gun owners. Yeah, sure, some mentally fucked up person is going and buying a firearm, but you know, if if their background check shows everything's good, everything's good. Yeah. You can lie about saying like, hey, I, I don't feel suicidal or I don't feel this way, you know? Right, exactly. So that's gonna wrap that up. All right, my next one's from the American Insider. Transgender swimmer Leah Thomas gets bad news. And I have one that goes uh, kind of along with this. Leah Thomas became a national NCAA swimming champion after switching to the women's team at Yale in the fall of 2021. While competing on the men's team for three years, Thomas was ranked 554th place in the 200-yard freestyle. Thomas' swimming career may be coming to an abrupt end as the International uh, Swimming Federation has banned the vast majority of biological males from competing in women's events on the world stage. In the new policy, transgender swimmers must have completed their transition by 12 years of age to be able to compete. So they're actually, <laughs> they're actually, allow- they're, they're actually giving hope in, in some light at the end of the tunnel for these kids to get, to get transitioned. You need to be fully transitioned by the tw- age of 12. It should just be, no, you can't fucking come on here if you were born a male. That's it. Jesus Christ. The governing body of swing voted for a new policy by an overwhelming 71.5%. The governing board also clarified that they do not support early childhood transitioning. What? (laughs) But you need to be fully transitioned by 12. Okay, but you don't support it. James uh, Pierce, the spokesperson for FINA President Hussein Al Musalam said, this is not saying that people are encouraged to transition by the age of 12. It's what the scientists are saying, that if you transition after the start of puberty, you have an advantage, which is unfair. Oh, I see how they're going with it. Uh, they're, not, they're not saying everyone should transition by age 11. That's ridiculous. You can't transition by that age in most countries, and hopefully you wouldn't be encouraged to, he continued. Basically, what they're saying is that it is not feasible for people who have transitioned to, complete, uh, to compete without having an advantage. Thomas, who is a six foot one biological male, won the women's 2022 NCAA Division I championship in the 500 yard freestyle. FINA announced plans to establish a new open category of competition to include transgender women, according to the president. However, it's unclear whether Thomas will agree to compete in this category. They shouldn't be making special circumstances for these fucking people. You know what you're doing. You know what the qualifications are. That's it. Yeah. You shouldn't be fucking, oh, well, no, you can come over here and, and, you, and you can do this. Like, get the fuck out of here. Get them into the motherfucking mental institution. That's where they belong. Mm-hmm. Like you said. Fuck. Not ruining women's sports and erasing women. Exactly. Fucking planet. So the other one that goes along with that is what the Washington Examiner. Another sport joins in ban of transgender athletes in competition. British Rowing announced that beginning in September, it will be it will ban transgender athletes from participating in its races. Now, the only el- athletes el- eligible for this uh, women's category will be those assigned female at birth for its co- next competition on September 11th. This will also apply to those athletes representing Britain or England at international comp- competitions. British Rowing is com- uh, committed to promoting an environment which 
rowing is accessible and inclusive and to ensure that we provide opportunities and enjoyment for everyone. The organization said in the statement, in order to achieve this in a fair manner, we need to establish conditions for competition that guarantee fair and meaningful competition by placing necessary and proportionate restrictions on eligibility. Yeah. All athletes can compete in the mixed category as long as 50% of the rowing team features athletes who are eligible in the women's category. Really? Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, row, uh, world rowing allows for transgender women to compete in its events as long as their testosterone levels are below five nanomoles per liter for 12 months. Oh, wow. Wow. Fuck you. <laughs> Just don't include them. That's, yeah. it, that's it. Just if you're a woman, go to the woman's side. If you're a guy, go to the guy's side. If you don't want, if you want to be able to compete and be, um, be good in that competition, whatever it is that you're doing, uh, stop taking estrogen. Actually, be a man. Or if you, you're, or if they're, you know. Now nah, that's a fucking stupid idea too. <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna do it for those. It's just. Uh, I, I I honestly can't believe we're we're talking about this shit. Well, with that sound right there, I know you don't know, but now you listeners gonna know when you hear that. We're moving on to the Bud Light minute, okay? And it, this gets pretty comical because the first article starts with from Newser, Bud Light. We've weathered the storm. Woo! <laughs> oh, did you really now? <laughs> Bud Light's parent company expressed confidence Thursday that its U.S. market share has stabilized after a promotion with transgender influencer. Well, they don't even use the name anymore because she's because. Oh, he's such a fuck up. Cut into they sales. Didn't. Oh, shit. Transgender. Uh, Transizer Bush InBev said Thursday that the, its U.S. revenue fell 10.5% in the second quarter. Bud Light sales plunged during a conservative backlash after the brand set a commemorative uh, can to transgender influencer Dick Swingin' Dylan Mulvaney in early April. The company said the total U.S. market share for all brands fell more than 5% to 36.9 in April, but it then uh, remained stable from the end of April through the end of June. Some of the company brands like uh, Bush Light or Chickalobe Ultra have uh, gained U.S. <laughs> share, uh, the AP reports. Chickalobe Ultra, I like that. Still, the Bud Light saga has been costly for the brewer. In June, Bud Light lost its place in America's best-selling um, beer for two decades, which we already know. And, um, you know, but this article, if you want to read it, goes on a little more. But uh, Transheiser Bush really thinks they weathered the storm. You know, and this, this was at the beginning of the week. So they, they, they didn't even know what was coming. So we're going to move this next one on to Fox News. Retail is already planning to really uh, relocate Bud Light shelf space, Rival Drink Executive says. The Wall Street Journal reported Thursday that Bud Light sales uh, never fully regained the ground they have lost to competitors. How How is this so? I thought they weathered the storm. Right. 
as stores clear the shelves to make room for other brands. Dun, dun, dun. Bud Light sparked a firestorm controversy in April after they collaborated with some mental fuck up. Since then, the beer has suffered a nearly 30% loss in sales compared to the year before. On Thursday, Transheiser Bush InBev also announced that it would be laying off hundreds of workers. Why? I thought you weathered the storm. All in the same week. <laughs> but they weathered the storm. Guess not. The Wall Street Journal noted that Bud Light sales continue. Um, uh, the biggest beneficiary of the Bud Light woes is rival company Molson Coors Beverage. Um, there are no, there are reasons to believe that Bud Light sales might be permanently impaired. Molson Chief Executive Gavin uh, Hattersley said on a conference call with analysts that retailers are already relocating space to other brands during the shelf resets to take place in the, uh, in the spring. With more resets to come in the fall, the journal reported in bars, in bars and other uh, on-premise channels, the company gained more than 12,000 tap handles in a quarter, he added. Damn. It's a lot of fucking tap handles. Right. Um, so this one goes on explaining how uh Molson is uh pretty much uh you know gaining because of uh Transheiser Bush's uh fuck up with Bud Light. And uh, you know, Modelo Especial uh is definitely um doing well because of that. But that's also a Transheiser Bush brand too. So, you know, don't want to be drinking that if you are. Um, so new, th- this next one's going to go to, um, f- come from news Max. Bud Light's new summer ads may not rescue sales. <laughs> oh man. Bud Light is tripling its advertising spending this summer with its easy to drink, easy to enjoy pan- uh, campaign. But until it apologizes, it won't win back customers, marketing expert uh, tell the Wall Street Journal. Many Bud Light drinkers were initially confused and insulted by its marketing campaign with some mental fuck up. um, And the parent company, Transheiser Bush's silence in the infuriated, the LGBTQ plus, all the alphabet, all the alphabet, all the numbers, the hieroglyphics, uh, fucking the list goes on with the, those morons community to boot that lead, lead to further debates about the previous campaigns using frat boy humor, the Bud Light, the Bud Light shopper who's left the brand has zero interest in the coming back says bumpy Williams, president of the CEO, president and CEO of bump Williams consulting. So you can spend all the money you want, but you can't fix until you apologize and admit the mistake. It's a waste of money. Oh, damn. And that's what we've been saying. And that's <laughs> what we have been saying. And, um, you know, it goes on saying, you know, more shit and statistics about Bud Light's falls and all that. And if you want to um, find this article, it's on Newsmax Finance, Bud Light's New summer ads may not rescue sales. They are not going to rescue sales. Okay. 
So we're moving on to the next one, which is the National Review. My ancestors would have uh, would have rolled over in their graves. Bud Light Air denounces transgender influencer partnership. Oh, damn. Billy Bush, uh, an heir of alcohol dr- giant tra- uh, Transheiser Bush, blasted Bud Light's recent uh, branding partnership with transgender fuck up saying my ancestors would have rolled in their graves. They believed that transgender gays, that sort of thing was very, uh, what was all a very personal issue. Bush told TMZ on Friday, they love the country because it was free and people are allowed to do what they want, but it was never meant to be on a beer can and pushed in people's faces. I think people who drink beer, I think they're they're your common folk, Bush said. I think the blue collar worker who uh, goes to goes and works hard every single day, the last thing they want want pushed down their throat or to be drinking uh, is a beer with that kind of message on it. I just don't think that's uh, what they're looking for. They they want their beer to be truly American, truly patriotic as it always has been truly America's beer, which Bud Light was and probably isn't any longer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so this one's going to go on a little, you can go, uh, check this one out. I mean, they, they do go on, um, about it and, uh, you know, but the, the heir to the transgender, uh, I mean the transheiser Bush, um, company isn't too happy with what how Bud Light's handling all this right okay and my last one which is going to wrap up the Bud Light minute and is actually really funny because of what the first article said you know they weathered the storm you know this one is from Newsmax Finance Transheiser Bush selling eight beer brands to Tilray why why Because, because, uh, they, they, I, I don't understand. I thought they weathered the storm. No, they, no, they obviously didn't. And that just shows like that they're, they're fucking, they're a fuck up. It's, it's because they, they align themselves with some mental head case. That's a fucking dude. Excuse me. It's ma'am. <laughs> it's ma'am. <laughs> um, but anyways, getting into this, you know, uh, Transheiser Bush is selling eight beer brands to cannabis company Tilray for an undisclosed amount of cash with a deal expected to close this year. The brands are Shock Top, Breckenridge Brewery, Blue Point Brewing Company, 10 Barrel Brewing Company, Red Hook Brewery, uh, Widemer Brothers uh, Brewing, Square Mile Cedar Company, and Highball Energy. The transaction includes current employees, breweries, and brew pubs associated with these brands. So they're not just selling the brand, they're selling the people. <laughs> <laughs> so they're in that trade too. Yeah. <laughs> Founded in 1981, Red Hook is the oldest craft beer. Tilray is purchasing from Transheiser Bush and one of the nation's oldest craft breweries. Andy Thomas, the president of Anheuser Busch Unit, 
that runs premier brands and craft beers said Tilray reached out earlier this year, expressing interest in the brands. Transheiser Bush is still committed to remaining uh, to its remaining craft beers. Thomas said, remaining uh, they're they're still committed to selling them. So hit up Transheiser Bush because they're selling. Right, right. Um, that was your last one, right? Yeah, I'm fucking still going through the article here. All right, so my asshole. next... <laughs> Transheiser Bush laid, laid off hundreds of workers in July after Bud Light sales slumped for months due to the consumer uh, backlash over its ads featuring transgender influencer Dick Swing and Dylan Mulvaney. So that's going to wrap that up for the Bud Light Minute. Um, they weathered the storm, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, so my next one is from uh, Breibart. Migrant apprehensions at one U.S.-Canada border sector exceeded prior nine years combined. But you have these stupid fucks saying that, they're, you know, there's nothing wrong with the northern border. Swanton sector border control agents apprehended more migrants during the first 10 months of fiscal year 23, 2023 than in the prior nine years combined, an official tweeted. The unofficial report indicated the arrest of more than 5,400 migrants who illegally crossed the Canadian border into the U.S. since October 1st of 2022. Swanton sector chief, Poli- chief patrol agent Robert Garcia tweeted photos of migrants attempting to sneak into the U.S. from Canada. Since the beginning of fiscal year 23 on October 1st, 2022, Swanton sector agents placed more than 5,400 migrants who, who illegally crossed the Canadian border between ports of entry into custody. Yeah. And there's, there's some pictures up there. Um, they don't look like they're native to Canada, but, you know, I guess that's my, my opinion. Garcia stated that this is more migrant. This is more migrant apprehensions than the previous nine years combined. You already fucking said that, Jesus Christ. The CBP nationwide encounters report shows Swanton sector agents apprehending forty four hundred and fifty seven migrants through the end of June. Since that time, agents have apprehended nearly a thousand additional immigrants, according to Garcia's tweet. Swanton sector uh, sector agents only apprehended twenty four hundred fifty five migrants during the prior nine years combined. So. You know, they're, they're just, they must, have, they must have heard the podcast that, they, you know, people are flooding from Canada. So they're like, oh, fuck, yeah, we'll go up to Canada. <laughs> oh, but uh, but all you stupid uh, fucks that are out there saying, oh, nobody's fucking uh, coming into uh, the United States through fucking Canada. Nobody wants to leave Canada. You stupid fucks. They're coming out from uh, the cartels are flying them up there, and then they're crossing that way. Fucking use your goddamn head. Right. So that's going to do it for that article. And I got one last article from Fox News. Massachusetts governor declares state of emergency due to surge of migrants calls for federal action. Massachusetts governor Mara Haley on Tuesday declared a state of emergency in the liberal state over a surge of migrants that she says has left social services overwhelmed. And she called for more funding to help from the federal government. Haley, a Democrat, announced in a state state of emergency exits Due to rapid and unabating increases in the number of families with children and pregnant people, many of them newly arriving migrants and refugees living within the state, but without the means to secure a safe shelter in our communities. The state said there are 5,600 families or more than 20,000 people in the state shelter system. Healy said there are numerous contributing factors, including federal policies on immigration and work authorization, as well as a lack of affordable housing and the end of 
COVID-19 era programs. And that goes, that goes on. Um, and it, it's just, it has more numbers in it. Like, it's fucking stupid. They shouldn't be here for, well, they're, for, they're, in the first place. They're, they're saying a state of emergency, but, you know, um, we did an article, what, a couple of weeks ago saying that, or was it last week? I don't know. We cover so many articles, but they're allowed, they're allowing um, illegal immigrants to get a license. Yeah. And also, uh, I was reading, it's a little bit of an older article, but it's interesting because it's still happening there. Uh, back when they were the migrants were flown up to the vineyard, what they did is they took them to um, Otis Air Force Base, and they're still being housed on a military base on the Cape. Yeah. Which is fucked up. That is fucked up. Residents on the Cape aren't even allowed on that base because it's been put out of commission, but now they're housing fucking illegals there. Yeah. That's awesome. Not? Yeah, you know? sure. That's going to do it for that. Okay, well, that's going to wrap up today's show. Um, if we didn't get to an article that you've seen and you were hoping to hear our opinion on, we're sorry about that. There's just so much fucking shit dropping and coming out. Um, we can't keep up with it all. Um, we could do a show every day of the week and probably not hit everything. So um, if it's your first time listening or watching the show on your favorite podcast directory or Rumble, um, give us a like, give us a comment. Let us know how we're doing. And also hit that subscribe button so you can get the automatic downloads. While you're doing that, you can head over to Instagram, Twitter, and Threads and find us at checkers underscore and underscore MJ. We are on truth at the underscore realist underscore uncensored. And we are on rumble at the realist uncensored. We are also on, not on, you can email us at the realist uncensored at gmail.com. That could be show ideas, on on rap ideas, um, comments, anything, you know, just send us an email. We'll look it over. You know, your show, your, uh, idea might turn into a show. Your, your article might end up on the show and, uh, you'll get a little shout out if you want it. Uh, episodes will be dropping weekly on Wednesday and Friday and be on the lookout for MJ's message Mondays. Is he going to open that vault one day? (laughs) who knows who knows but with that we hope to our listeners you are able to enjoy your weekend with all this shit going on because it's not getting any better but until then have a good weekend have a good beginning to your week we'll see you wednesday for the real sun wrap thank you fellas